12, part two. Okay, guys, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this subject of finding and living your purpose, but I went into it a lot on the jobs in the last segment, and I want to talk a little bit more about specifics. You know, it's sort of easy to say, hey, find something you love to do and do it, but I think I'm going to expand on it a little more with what's going on, as well as my attitude, my belief on the idea of self-sufficiency. So typically, we're in 2023, right now, April of 2023 is when I'm recording this, and the world's a little crazy. Now, the world has has been crazy for years, and some people may say it's always crazy, and it's always been crazy, but it feels more intense. You know, the economy is struggling along um, uh, AI, artificial intelligence, you know, has been around, but recently came out with chat GPT. If you've heard of it or have been following it, it's essentially artificial intelligence that can write things for you. It's very brilliant uh, and scary at the same time. If you don't know anything about it, I'll just give you 30 seconds about what it is. Essentially, you can you can ask it to write things for you. You can say to chat GPT, hey, I want you to write me a thousand word essay on, you know, uh, Benjamin Franklin. And it will write you a thousand word essay on a Benjamin Franklin instantly. It will just write it out. And then you can say to it, okay, but I want you to write it like I'm in fifth grade. And it will write it like you have the reading and comprehension and writing level of a fifth grader. And you could even say other different things. Like you could say, I want you to write it from the perspective of someone who grew up from a foreign country or, you know, I could, someone who grew up in battle-torn Ukraine or something like that. And there may be some spin in the language that would lead someone, the, the reader, to see that this person has experienced trauma uh, in, their, in their history, right? Isn't that amazing? It just, it can do all these things. And so you may think, oh, that's, that's fantastic. But you, almost, but you can almost think, well, do children need to learn anymore. And in fact, the South Park did a whole episode on this, a cartoon on it, um, which is pretty funny if you like South Park. But uh, essentially, ChatGPT was was doing all of their talking to their girlfriends for them. Anyway, it's you can watch it if you want. But the thing is, is that do children need to need to study anymore? Right? Now, the whole idea of schooling is to read and learn and understand and discuss and take tests or write essays to prove that you know what you're talking about or you know what you're doing or you pass that grade. Well, now if ChatGPT can do all that for you, kids may stop doing their homework and just have ChatGPT do it. The teachers don't know if it was written by that kid or not, or maybe they maybe they can if they if they knew their writing style before that. But let's say you were you started using it day one, the teacher didn't know you. Well, okay, so the kids may be getting out of their homework, they think, but then when it comes time to learning, what did they really did they really learn? So all of a sudden, education is getting turned all upside down on its head. And it's a little bit scary because these kids may not learn anything. All they're going to learn is how to access the information that they need. Before, they used to go on the internet, at least they would have to search into the search bar tell me about, you know, Benjamin Franklin or something like that. And then they have to read about it and then they have to learn and understand a little bit. Then they could write something. 
uh, and maybe they'd copy and paste it off the internet a little bit, right? But now th- th- this is doing everything for them. So are our children and our and our children's children going to just be accessing uh, learning how to ask the right questions and then get the information that comes out of this artificial intelligence? But then it becomes, well, who's writing the code for the artificial intelligence? What if their intention is to make make people dependent on it? What if it's their intention is to just like social media sort of got young people addicted to it? What if the intention is to stop young people from thinking so that they don't have to think anymore? I mean, that's, that's some scary things. So the reason I bring this up is just because it, it's a new world. I, I feel like there's going to be, and I was having this conversation with someone just a couple of days ago. I feel like in a year or two, we're going to be, it's, we're going to be looking at each other, you know, and like right now we say things like, can you believe that there was this thing called the yellow pages that would be delivered to your home? And anybody who's my age knows what the yellow pages are because we remember it. And if you ever needed to the phone book, right, you'd need to look up somebody, you'd go into the phone book or the yellow pages was the businesses that would advertise. So you would have look up residential people by, by name or look up businesses in the yellow pages. And that was how businesses advertised their services to people. People would say, oh, I need a plumber. So they go to P and they'd look it up and they turn to P and there'd be nine or 10 ads for different kinds of plumbers. And you'd, you know, you'd pick one and you call them. Well, like my kids don't know what the yellow pages are. They've never seen the yellow pages. And so I was just telling somebody, can you believe that like in a year or two, we're going to be saying, can you believe before chat GPT, you would have to like, like law offices would hire paralegals to do legal research. Like, can you believe that? Like, like they don't have those anymore. Like all these office workers that do administrative tasks that now can be done by AI you know, I hate to say it, but their jobs are probably going to be gone pretty soon. So we're going to be looking back. This is going to be another turning point where we're going to say, wow, can you believe that companies used to hire people to do these things before a, do you remember before AI? It was almost like before the internet, right? Do you remember what life was like? It was so different. Well, the world is changing rapidly with this stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I'm one who, who has, I'm more, I'm an optimist. I'm a glass half full kind of guy. I, I believe that there will be challenges with it, but people are smart enough to know not to turn over all of their power to technology. I think that happened a lot with the internet and social media. And maybe, yes, some will get sucked into it and things will change, but we have to continue to innovate as people and not just fall slave to the technology. I believe people will continue to be human and continue to do things that machines can't. That's my hope at least. Um, another interesting thing was that, uh, I went this weekend and toured an Amish, an Amish community. There's a very large Amish community here in Tennessee. And uh, I took a tour. I, I went on a little wagon and we went through and went through these neighborhoods and, and saw these, these Amish families. And we went, went and bought some stuff from them. And I ended up buying lots of, lots of sweets because I have a sweet tooth, but, um, it was really interesting to see these communities. So they're, they are homesteading completely. I mean, they don't use electricity. They are building things and, and, and all of them have a job. Like there's the guy that builds outdoor furniture. There's the guy that builds chicken coops. There's the guy that builds, I don't know, rocking chairs and things like that. And they all have a specialty 
and they and they build these different things and then they trade with each other and then obviously people outside people who are not Amish will come in and, and purchase those goods because they're they're typically high quality because when all you've done is made shares your entire life and so did your dad and your grandfather you're probably pretty good at making shares <laughs> you probably really know what you're doing and it's not like going to a store or buying them online you're like you're going to get a chair that's probably going to last you a really long time because they're also very honorable people and if you're building if they're building junk and you come back to them and say hey this is junk you know i'm not happy with this that's that's like a you know dishonoring them so they are very mindful of that and they build the products to the best of their ability so the reason why i'm bringing it up is because i was noticing as they had all these kids because they had a lot of, have a lot of kids and they were very um they're very religious and they they grow their own food they have that chickens and goats and cows and horses and and they the, the little kids were gathering eggs excuse me from the chickens and they were you know they were doing their their thing and i thought to myself wow so you know if the internet goes down these people are completely unaffected if the power grid goes down these people are completely unaffected if there's a there's an EMP attack, an electromagnetic pulse attack, and all electronics are disabled, they're going to be fine. If the banking system completely and totally collapses, these people are probably going to be fine. So that was really interesting to me that these people who may seem so strange because they're living this life with this old technology and they're, they haven't quite you know advanced to where we are, but they're choosing to live that way because they don't want to be dependent on these technology things. And I thought that that was pretty interesting. And who's to say who's right or wrong? I bet if the internet went out, if the power went out and the banking system all collapsed at the same time, most of us would be freaking out. Most of us would not know what to do. We'd, we'd be in total chaos. I mean, the cities would be, I mean, it would be pandemonium. And in these little communities, they're going to be just be fine. So I, I, you know, I, I really had respect for them for their lifestyle, even though I wouldn't choose that lifestyle myself personally, uh, I thought it was interesting. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is it, to, to pull it back to drugs and like, you know, alcohol being dependent on substances. And when you are a self-sufficient, the more you can be self-sufficient, I know I talked about living your purpose and I, and I do believe that's very key, but also the more you can be self-sufficient and I'm not saying everyone has to go out and buy five acres of land and do your own gardening and you know own chickens and all that kind of stuff and and, and live off the land although if you did you would be self-sufficient and you'd probably feel a lot better you'd probably feel like things could happen around the world and things would not affect you as much but i just believe that people being prepared and self-sufficient and more reliant upon themselves the, their loved ones their community and people that they trust instead of technology is the way to be happier and live a more satisfied life. Because if we are all depending completely on our technology and we are not dependent upon each other, what ends up happening is you've got a bunch of people who are neighbors in a community who don't know each other whatsoever. And I've lived in neighborhoods like that where I don't even know my neighbors and it's really awkward. Uh, that's why I really liked Tennessee where I came out here and neighbors were happy to meet and chat and invite me into their homes and things like that. And it was great. Uh, but when you get these neighborhoods where no one knows each other, 
it's isolating communities. Uh, it's not really a community. It's just people living in the same place. And I, I believe that the idea of building communities is a very strong part of, of sobriety and being able to, uh, to remain, uh, you know, on, on pace with a life that you want to live. Because when you can rely on other people for things and they can rely on you, all of a sudden you don't feel so alone. And, and, what ends up happening when you're an alcoholic or a drug addict, you, you feel lonely, you feel isolated, you withdraw and things get worse from there. So, uh, I guess the point of all of this is, is that community, and this is very, this is very common in, um, this, uh, recovery community, right? the, the 12 step meetings, the fellowship, things like that. I mean, it, people have been talking about this for, for decades about the community. And, and it's very common in other communities. There's people who are, have a, a religious community, their, their church group or something like that. There's people that exercise, they have their little, you know, gym membership or CrossFit community or things like that. All these different communities is a way to involve yourself in life. And when you're evolved in life, then you don't, are not as withdrawn. You're not as miserable. You're not as sad. You're not as lonely. And so, uh, the idea of self-sufficiency and, and and relying on others and being able to be relied upon by others is a key to living a happy, happy, successful life where you're not going to want to black out from alcohol or numb yourself from drugs.